the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I have so grown to love this city. Our city of bridges. You know, when we think about the 200th anniversary of Jacksonville, I can imagine the days before it was a city when it was just Calford and there were no bridges at all, and they called it Calford because they could get the cows across the river right below us here. The first bridge was built in 1921. The Acosta. And then help me out here. We had the Main Street Bridge, the Matthews Bridge, the Hart Bridge, Dames Point, Buckman, which is three miles long and one of the longest in this country, if you didn't know that. Fuller Warren. In 2012, I believe, was made, and it was a massive bridge connecting two superhighways, so by far the most modern. We are a city of bridges, of connections between communities. We are a city that bridges between northern and southern cultures, north tending to come up from southern Florida and south coming down, which is interesting, isn't it? We are a city of bridges. Our country has become very fractured. This recent overturning of Roe v. Wade was just another example of that. Our states are becoming defined by red and blue. And even what is legal changes between state lines. We are in a scary time in which our media forces us to make everything simple and black and white, and we are driven to division. It is very easy to find yourself in one camp or another and to live in that camp and feel justified. And both sides feel as if they are in the right. And we are in danger of breaking down our bridges. In our gospel today, Jesus is traveling towards Jerusalem where he will be crucified. And he knows that. And he's trying to tell his disciples that he's going to die. But they can't hear him. Now, in Jesus' time, 
The land of Israel was divided, just like we are in the United States. The issues were different, but same dynamic. There were Jews that believed that the Messiah would come to Jerusalem to redeem humanity. And then there were Jews who lived in what they called Samaria, and they believed that the Messiah would come to their holy mountain. Now both were Jews, but this issue of where the, the Messiah would come was huge to them. It was a matter of the salvation of their souls. They would die for it. They were certain they were right. Jews who lived in Jerusalem and wanted to travel to the Galilee, they, had, they would normally go through Samaria. That's the way you would do it. Samaria was like the meat of a sandwich between Jerusalem and the Galilee. But the Jews of Jerusalem hated the Samaritans so much that they would walk all the way around the land of Samaria to get to Galilee. And we're talking walking, folks. Days and days of extra walking just so that they didn't have to see the people that offended them. But not Jesus. Jesus walked straight into the land of Samaria at the beginning of his ministry. He revealed himself to the woman at the well, the one who'd been married five times in Samaria. He healed people. Samaritans flocked to him. They listened to his teaching. They hailed him and loved him. But towards the end of his time, as he's coming back down from the Galilee through Samaria and going to Jerusalem, he plans to stop off in one of these villages where they had welcomed him and loved him, but they hear he's headed for Jerusalem. And so despite all the healing and miracles that he's done, no one will welcome him. So the sons of Zebedee, James and John, they get so mad. Of course, they're called sons of thunder. I imagine them as being really buff, you know. They say to Jesus, let's just send hellfire and brimstone down on these villages and burn them up. Jesus says, stop it. Just stop it. But it's so easy, isn't it? To get angry, it's so easy when, when you're right and you know the other side is wrong, when you have justice and they do not. It is so easy. St. Paul warns the human race. He says, there are things of the flesh, which do doesn't mean just your body, and there are things of the spirit. Being right, being jealous, being envious, trying to prove yourself, getting angry, getting obsessed, these are things that will enslave you. You will be brought down by your desire to be right. And the bridges will burn. Whereas 
The things of the Spirit are patience. Oh, I'm bad at that one. Love. Generosity. Kindness. And that's all well and good when I like somebody. It's easy. It's harder when I'm talking to someone who offends me deeply. Richard Rohr said a great thing. He said, there is no commandment, thou shalt be right. <laughs> we think there is because it feels so darn good to be right, to be justified, to be righteous, and to think that everybody else is wrong. And our media makes it so easy, oh, so easy, just to caricature the other side, to think of them as issue-driven, evil, bad, wrong, despicable, to go all the way around to avoid them. But that is not what Jesus did. If I had to equate the disciples to people today, the disciples that Jesus called to him, I would say they were this diverse. And I know this is going to be uncomfortable. Look, the Episcopal Church tends to be a very open-minded, intellectual branch of Christianity, and we're proud of that. And we want to be that, and we want to say no to the more fundamental aspects of the church. Well, that's well and good, but not if we become entrenched in our politics and stop following Jesus. Then we start forgetting who we are again. I think Jesus' disciples would have looked something like this today. At least two of them would have been a redneck, gun-totoing Trump follower and a trans woman. Those have been at least two of them. And you can go on from there. Jesus would have called serious diversity, offensive people. Tax collectors were profit-making scum. He called those kind of people to follow him because they were still people. And the darkness wants you to forget that your people who disagree with you are people at all. The darkness wants us to take these incredibly complex, difficult issues, boil them down into black and white, and judge the people that disagree with us. It is not that simple. We did the memorial service for a man named Byron Rollins yesterday. He was a real prophet. Byron Rollins was a man who had worked in the newspaper industry, a tall, handsome black man who married a tall, gorgeous, very white woman many decades ago. He gave up his career in the newspaper industry so he and his wife could build bridges. They would walk into businesses and conference rooms, and they didn't have to say anything. They just walked on in as a married couple, 
and started to talk. Byron said an incredible thing before he died. He said, I have been mistreated in my life. I had hardship. But if I was going to build bridges, I had to know my woundedness, but then I had to put it aside. I had to put it aside, and I had to see people as human beings. Because we will never know love and forgiveness and reconciliation, and we will never build bridges if we hold on to our grudges, if we hold on to our woundedness and milk it for all it's worth. We will be enslaved by it. We will never be free to see one another clearly as God sees us. And so he forgave over and over and over again. You know, we have a man in our parish who's a Lutheran pastor, retired, and this is what he de dedicates his life to. He gets people no more than 10 or 12. You cannot have too many or you cannot do this work. He sits them down in a circle, people who are radically different in their opinions and backgrounds, and instead of talking about an issue, he facilitates by starting about a personal story. Each one has to talk about something that hurt them in their life. And you begin there with your brokenness, with your humanness. And once you had know each other as human beings, well then you can begin to talk about issues. It is called civil discourse. Isn't that amazing? It does still exist. Civil discourse. My friends, as followers of Jesus, I want you to be liberated from all this simplicity. I want you to remember who you are. People who build bridges. And believe me, I know nothing of mechanics or engineering, but I do know this. When we had to build the bridges across these chaotic waters here in Jacksonville, I know that it wasn't easy. I know that it costs a lot of money, and I know that some people had to go out in the middle of the crazy waters to start, to lay the foundations of the bridge, that it was risky, that it was time-consuming, that it was expensive. But people didn't say, I'll oh, forget it. They kept working at it until the bridge was built. And then they have to be maintained. We're talking about hard, slogging, one-on-one, person-to-person -on -one, -person relationship building. It is the only way that we will begin to heal this nation by being followers of Jesus, by building bridges together. So I want you to do something for me this week, okay? 
think of one person, one person that you've encountered in your sphere of influence who offends you. One person that you could try to get to know better and just try. One relationship at a time. Let's try to build some bridges. Amen.